out there in podcast land and welcome back to spoilers your movie review show on the rat pack podcast network where your hosts have lots of opinions but zero credentials each week we watch a movie usually a bad one we crack a couple jokes we give you insight into the film and we play a couple games at the end i'm your host hollywood and i'm joined by my two co-hosts adam and maestro hello hello la, la, this la. week we're watching 2008's the wrestler so uh, let me jump into the synopsis, who directed it, whatnot, and then I'll, I'll explain why we picked this movie. All right. So this movie was directed by Darren Aronofsky. He also did the Black Swan movie. He oh. did uh, The Fountain. He makes all these trippy, uh, like, mindfuck movies. Okay. This is like his most normal, normal-ish movie. All right. Uh, and the movie stars Mickey Rourke, Marissa Tomei, the love of our lives. Oh, Adam. Yes. And Evan Rachel Wood, a.k.a. Dolores. Dolores, that's right. World. Uh, let me read your brief synopsis, <clears throat> and we'll go from there. A faded professional wrestler must retire, but finds his quest for a new life outside the ring a dispiriting struggle. I ask this every time that, which is infrequent now, I ask this every time, <laughs> have you guys ever seen this movie before? I have. It's okay. I have it's, not. It's been oh, many, nice. many years. Yeah. It's over it's 10. for me. For sure, I, I there's a real fun, real quick sidebar. One, the the day I saw this movie was in the theaters at the, the theaters in Brea. Okay, and at the time, this was years before I met Sarah. At the time, I was dating this girl, and she was supposed to come over to my place to just hang out. And my friend B, who's like a hardcore wrestling fan, he called me up, and it was Sunday, and he goes, "Hey, the the, the Brea theaters, the last showing for the wrestler is at like nine fifteen. Do you want to go see it?" And I go, "Oh, I got." so-and-so coming over and he goes but it's not playing after that anywhere in our area like it's leaving and i go (laughs) god damn it so i called her and she was like halfway to where where i lived at the time and i told her i'm I'm really sorry to do this but i gotta go watch the wrestler with my friend b you told her the reason yeah and she goes really i go yeah (laughs) it's the last it's the last like screening in in our area and it's not coming back and she goes fine i guess so then I met him up. So I met him up at the theaters in Brea. All right, I, I understand why she's an ex. Uh, first of all, <laughs> yeah, because yeah. this movie was an indie. It, it was an indie flick. It wasn't a big, uh, like theatrical release. So it was only in certain theaters. Okay. I, I remember. I think this is the first time I've seen Mickey Rourke after Sin City. So I was. Okay. I was all. Of course, Sin City was amazing, and he did a great job in it as a Marv. Uh, so I, I just I wanted to see him. I want to see more of him. And this was like, oh, this is a new version of him. Uh, let's check it out. Because at the time, I was not that big into wrestling. I, I had a very short soiree in, in junior high when I was trying to be part of the cool kids when uh, we'd go and watch The Rock and Steve Austin uh, during our lunchtime. Somebody would record on the VHS, bring it into the classroom, we'd watch it. And I'd be like, yeah, totally. I love these. Um, right? Uh, wrestling. Yay. <laughs> And but I actually did get into it while I was watching it, but then it kind of just faded after that. So it was a very brief period I was into wrestling, uh, and the, the, so my only draw to this movie was Mickey Rourke, and, and then Marissa Tomei became a huge draw after the movie because <laughs> uh, <laughs> I hadn't seen her since uh, since uh, the the youths, uh, oh, Vinny. <laughs> yeah, with my cousin Vinny. <laughs> Oh, that, that's a. Um, th- so the reason why I picked this movie, I, I picked this movie. Yeah. So the reason I picked this movie is because um, I, I got Adam down this rabbit hole 
of like pro wrestling. Yeah. And I recommended two documentaries from the watch. Yes. Uh, Beyond the mat and the, the wrestling with shadows, the, the Brett, the Hitman heart story. Yeah. Yeah. And he consumed those. And then he says, what else do you got? And I told him about the <laughs> documentary TV series, dark side of the ring. And he just, he went down the rabbit hole. But the funny thing is, I don't think he's actually seen a wrestling match. He's just watching all the backstage, like how the industry works. I, I, I think the wrestling mm. in this movie is the closest you came to watching wrestling matches. Well, aside mm. from the, the rock and the Steve Austin from back in the day, when I, I was watching back oh. then, I hadn't seen a, a wrestling match since then. And even now yeah. I haven't. I, 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 there's still more rabbit hole for me to go down because I, I actually want to go back and watch at least The Rock and Steve Austin. Uh-huh. The whole I want to see the whole story of them at least because that's that's my intro. That's what I got. Yeah. But I also now want to see Kevin Hart. Uh, Kevin Hart. Red Hart. <laughs> Red Hart. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't think Kevin Hart would be a very good wrestler. Uh, that's <laughs> that would be a weird. Although I could see the persona working. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kevin Hart, I think, ha- would have a good stage presence, but I don't know if you'd be able to believe him doing all the moves that he would be doing. <laughs> yeah, he'd be able to cut a promo. Right, yeah. He'd, he'd be very good on the microphone. Very good yeah. on the microphone. And actually, that might be a good bit. He has a big talking game and then loses within 30 seconds every time. <laughs> yeah. that, that would be, that'd be a nice little comic relief uh, <laughs> thing. <laughs> so, so I picked this movie because this is actually part one. We're planning a, a two-part podcast, I guess, event. So on spoilers, it'll be – this is part one where we cover the, the wrestler. Yeah. And then the plan is for part two on Random Backs of Tangent, Adam gets to ask me anything he wants. Like what, what are the crazy – anything he wants about yeah. the dark side of the ring, the backs, how the backstage works, the politics, about Vince. Oh. I know I – think, I think I know a lot. I don't know everything, but I, I can – I, I know enough general stuff I could help help him out. Yeah, so, and, and I, I do have some. I do know some people that are also in wrestling. I'll see if. Uh, in fact, we we had uh, we had a wrestler on the podcast a long, long time ago. Yeah, I remember her. Yeah, Buggy Nova. It was, it was a back uh, a backyard back. Uh, what is the term? Back, backyard wrestling. Yeah, uh, she, she's all over the place, and she she did actually do get back into wrestling. I think before COVID, and that might be an interesting guest. I'll see if I can get her on. If not, uh, there's. We'll we'll have enough on our on our own, yeah. But yeah, this and and it also gives me more time to dive further into the rabbit hole to have more yeah. questions. <laughs> so so uh, so the lingo, Adam, is uh, I would be smartening you up. Oh, is that right? I'm you about every about um, because you're technically a mark. Yeah, I was going to say you're not educating a mark. That's not what it's called. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so you'd be a mark, and I'm the smart with an S. Uh, oh, because I'm smartening you up to the to the business. Oh, uh, okay. There's a whole uh-huh. their lingo like heel face all this came from uh, their days in the circus right from the traveling circus days yeah and 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 seeing this movie now mm-hmm. was a much different experience than the first time I saw it yeah Be- because especially after meeting you and uh, all the lingo <laughs> that you've introduced me to and all the stuff that we talked about about wrestling uh-huh. and I was kind of just like oh, okay all right because you you go to shows frequently or not frequently but at, oh I used to yeah. And the and the shows. characters you would tell us about, they were in that. <laughs> All right, yeah, this is going to be a, a nice random X when we get to that. But yeah, lots <laughs> to talk about. So, um, talking about the movie, Adam, you watched uh, Beyond the Mat, the documentary. Yep. Do you remember the Jake the Snake storyline where he had that daughter who, who he was like estranged? 
That was super depressing. So this character of Randy the Ram Robinson, he's pretty much Hulk Hogan mixed with that with Jake the Snake Robinson. Oh, okay. I can see that. Yeah. Although the the Jake the Snake uh, with a daughter, it seemed it was, it was troubling. It was, <laughs> I know. Yeah, this this was more cut and dry. I think uh-huh. with Jake the Snake, there's a lot more nuances going on there that we don't see. Yeah. But yeah, and uh, when I was watching this with Annie, and as soon as uh, she came on screen, is that the Twilight chick? I was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> And then she confused me because I like uh, I'm used to seeing Dolores uh, with the blonde hair. Yeah. And then looked it up. Oh no! And then as soon as I looked it up, yes, yes, it's Dolores uh, Evan Rachel Wood. Mm-hmm. And it was it was great. She's she's she I, I she's awesome. I, I I love her performances. She's very good at conveying emotion. Yep. Emotion is a very hard thing to to get across, and she did it very well. Mm-hmm. And of course, as a father, I have extra special ties to any kind of father-daughter things. Yeah. So there was parts where I was sad, then happy, then devastated, <laughs> really then super angry. And <laughs> this movie did evoke a lot of emotion in a lot of different ways. Wow. Yeah. And it put things into a very nice perspective, I think. Uh, Annie called the movie very slow, which it's true. It, it, it is kind of slow. but. Yeah. I think it accomplishes what it set out, what it's setting out to accomplish, mm-hmm. and telling a very well, tell, telling telling a story very well. That is not something that most people would understand. Yeah, it's about the uh, well, the, the the thing between uh, Mercy Tomei's character and the uh, and Mickey Rourke's character, they both require their bodies to function in their job. Yeah. He doesn't have an exit plan. She does. Because she has that uh, condo in Florida that she's going to move her and her son to. Yeah. So she's got an exit plan. Randy the Ram, like most wrestlers from that era, they don't have an exit plan. So they're stuck like wrestling until they're in their 50s, 60s, 70s. Yeah. And uh, I don't know if you have this in trivia, but I want to ask Maestro because I feel like you already know uh, Hollywood. Oh? At this time, when this movie took place, how old do you think Marissa Tomei is In in real life? 37. Okay. That's what Annie was saying. She looks like she could be in her 30s. No. She is 54 years old in mm-hmm. this movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> wow. Mm-hmm. I know. I was, I was upset at the uh, – it was towards the beginning when we first meet Marisha Tomei. There's, there's some kids oh. in, in the VIP room with her, and they're yeah. just like, oh, no, we can get somebody younger. I don't need grandma here. I was like, are you, are you kidding me? Yeah, she's hot. Oh my god! I, I did like that. There was, albeit not huge, a difference from her uh, stripper look and her regular look when she wasn't stripping. When she went to go meet Mickey Rourke at the at the thrift shop, uh-huh. th- there was a difference. It wasn't like, oh, you're ugly now. It's just like, wow. Because God damn it, she's still so beautiful. Yes, even when she was not all like dolled up with the uh-huh. glitter and whatever the hell that they did do, it was, just, it was still mm-hmm. like, damn. It went from okay, you could have been thirty-seven as a stripper. Now you're maybe thirty-nine as a non-stripper. It was, it was, it was like a minuscule difference. 
Well, do you remember what Mickey Rourke told her when she showed up? He says, oh, you look so clean. And she's like, what? <laughs> that was the worst. That was the worst thing to say. Uh-huh. God. Well, Maestro, this was, what, what was it like watching this movie for the first time? Um, me and Adam already saw this. Oh, okay. Uh, for me, it looked to me like... Okay. Uh, from the very beginning of the film, I already knew how this was going to play out. Uh-huh. Because I had already seen the the issues that he was fighting with from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's 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 well in his like forties, fifties, sixties. Who knows? He's got some issues. He's living out of his van. Doesn't have an exit strategy like you guys are saying. In, in this at the time of this yeah. movie, uh, Mickey Rourke is I think sixty eight. Yeah, and you look at him, and then you then you see what he goes through every single match. Like, just in the first match itself, you see him, like, hide a blade in his wrist. I'm like, okay, what was that for? You know, I, I was confused. I didn't know. Then I'm like, you were kidding me. That's showmanship, just, sir. I know. Which Woo. also just shows to me exactly how much these guys go through. Yep. Just to make the crowds go wow, you know? So, I, uh-huh. what I was going to say was, uh, Mickey Rourke actually bladed himself. He he. The director said... Why don't you blade yourself so that way you like really get into character? So when Mickey Rourke pulls the blade out of his uh, out of his uh, tape, really his blood and, and he yeah. blades himself, he's actually cutting himself. What? For the yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. You can't mm-hmm. you, the way that blood kind of falls down, uh-huh. and the way he cuts it on the forehead. That is exactly how it looks. Okay. Mm-hmm. So um, when he did that, I I had no doubt in my mind at least. I had doubts saying, like, why would he do that? That looks too real to be, like, on the film. That's crazy. Uh-huh. Yeah, he actually bladed himself. So the, the what's funny is the story of Randy the Ram Robinson and the actual story of Mickey Rourke is similar. Because Mickey Rourke was, like, a big up-and-coming actor in the 80s. Mm-hmm. And then he kind of fanned out in the 90s because he left acting and he wanted to go into boxing. Yes, he did. And he was an amateur boxer. And his face got jacked up and he had... Uh, plastic surgery and the plastic surgeon kind of messed up his face because he d- he doesn't look the same as he did in the 80s yes he did but when he made the wrestler so he did sin city first so that was kind of like the start of the mickey Rourke like comeback okay. yeah and then he made this movie and it's like it's him trying to come back interesting similar to how randy the ram Roberts is trying to get back into the the into the wwe or whatever the main company is in, in this world so th- there was a line when they were in the bar where he says, "I hate the '90s," so that's that, <laughs> that's like Mickey Rourke saying that, not not Randy yeah, so that's uh, Mickey and or, Randy the Ram saying that. <laughs> that's I'm awesome. Sorry. That's a good thing uh-huh. to know. That makes yeah. that much more fun. Quick question: Yeah, um, for Mickey Rourke, uh, they I, I I don't know if this is real or not. It might be a tabloid. I'm not exactly sure. Uh-huh. Um, I saw recently online that. Uh, he had done some more reconstruction surgery and he looks better than ever. Oh. Really? That's what I, I heard. Seen him in a while. Yeah. I haven't so seen I him since the wrestler. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not true. I, that's the, uh, before the wrestler, I saw him in Spider-Man. Uh, Iron Man too. Iron yeah. Man. That's right. Iron Man. Sorry. And, and he's going through this whole thing where she's watching all the Marvel movies in chronological order. Uh-huh. Uh, time wise, not when they were released, but as far as where they are fit in the timeline. Yeah. So we we saw him in uh, Iron Man 
two, two. Yeah. right where he was like uh cable or sable or he's, he's the russian uh yeah inventor or whatever mm-hmm. he was also in the first expendables adam yes he was oh really he owned the, he owned yeah. the bike shop the, the motorcycle shop in the very oh, first okay i haven't seen that in a long time either that uh, that's due yeah. for a rewatch those those are yeah. very rewatchable yeah also bruce willis did your boy ever get into the Expendables? No. Not, not yet. Not yet. Not yet. I don't know if they're going to do a fourth one, but... Oh, there's, there's yeah, got to be. There's got to be. Because our action stars are going to keep aging out, so they're going to be able to keep making these movies. <laughs> yeah. They, so they, they've had everyone because they had Stallone, Schwarzenegger, Willis. Those are the big three. And then Van Damme was in one, the third one. Yeah. Wesley Snipes was in the third one, I think. Yes. Um, uh, who else was wasn't Harrison Ford in the third one too? That sounds right. Oh, jeez. Mel Gibson was the bad guy in one of them. So yeah. that's that's Riggs. Uh, so yeah, Kurt Russell is the only one that's that's not in it. I don't know why. All right. Maybe, yeah. maybe Tango. It goes back to the Tango and Cash days. Hey, I'm not working with that guy again. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Oh man, I, I I did like uh, there was there was a scene when uh, Randy is getting a a, a Robin uh, whatever his name is <laughs> where he's getting a lap dance from Richard Tomei and uh-huh. he's talking about the wrestling where she says like oh it's the, that that fake stuff you do and mm-hmm. it, it was a nice distinguishing moment where he's like look at this look at the scar right he, here yeah that was a two by four. Uh, and then over here was uh, something else, something else. It's it's not f- fake. And, and in fact, I got in trouble with this when we had Buggy Nova on way back in the day. Uh, uh-huh. so, when I said, uh, I mentioned the word fake, and she was like, whoa. <laughs> like, okay, yeah. okay. Not fake. Everything that's happening is real. I, the correct term is, I, I think, scripted or, 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 scripted or, or coordinated. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Every, everything that they do is on purpose. And it's... They're trained even because I also enjoyed the, the part uh, it was towards the beginning where he's fighting that guy with a mohawk uh-huh. and they're in the room. We're like, all right, so here's what I'm thinking. What are you thinking? And they're bringing yep. the heat or bring the cheap uh-huh. heat and then do uh-huh. these things and then end with the, uh, the ramrod or what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The ram dive, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, it's cause what, what's nice about that to me is that they are not speaking specifics. They're saying, very shorthanded. This is what's going to happen. This is what's going to happen. So, by and large, a lot of it is improv. Mm-hmm. But they know how to read each other while yeah. they're out there. So he starts setting up this way. Like, okay, I see what he's doing. Acclimate and finish the move with him. Yep. So mm-hmm. it's that it's it's a beautiful thing to me. It's yeah. It's it's like a dance. It's a it's a it's an elegant dance with it is. It's like it's like hockey where these big giant men are skating. And they're doing it so <laughs> well. Yes, yeah. great. They're graceful while also being brutes. And mm-hmm. th- that's what wrestling is, I think. It's Hockey? Yeah. Well, Adam, th- it's funny you bring that up because uh, most wrestlers do it that way where they're like, you know, they, they, they cover the big spots, right? Like, I'm going to jump off of the, the top rope and then land on you and then we're going to go into the crowd. Like, they cover the big, big spots. Yeah. But for the most part they're communicating in the ring. Like when they get them in the headlock, you can sometimes see them like, like say, like talk. And then that's how they know the next move is coming. But there's some guy like the, you remember the macho man, Randy Savage. Oh yeah, I do. 
Yep. <laughs> so he fought uh, at WrestleMania three. He fought um, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, and their match is considered the best like technical match of all time. Oh, Macho Man wrote that entire script to the match. Wow. Move by move by move. And they rehearsed that morning and um, they, were, they, they were doing exactly how the script was going. And then uh, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat kind of went off script and the macho man like punched him for real in the jaw and got him on the ground. And he says, stick to the script. <laughs> so there are some guys who like want to go by like a script. But most of the time wow. it's, like, it's like improv like that. Yeah. And then they got to improv on the mic. It, it's a whole skill at it. It, it, yeah, pro wrestling is like a skill. Absolutely. Uh, growing up, I, I, it, it seemed weird and crazy, and like, why? I don't understand it. <laughs> I, I've, I've gotten such a better understanding for it over time, wow. and, and uh, it's thanks to you, <laughs> honestly, Hollywood. Yeah, that I, I'm able to understand the way I am, and I am curious. I, it's, I, I'm sure I've said it before, but this is basically a soap opera for. For adults that uh-huh. like, uh, I guess, violence. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's funny that you, how you said uh, fake because I remember when Jesse the Body Ventura was running for uh, the governor seat in Minnesota. One of the reporters told him, ah, you're not even a politician. You're, you're, you come from a fake sport. You're, you're a pro wrestler. Why, why, why should the people of Minnesota vote you in? And he straight up said, you think what I do is fake? And the reporter's like, yeah, it's fake. It's pro wrestling. He goes, how about I pick you up and I body slam you and you go through that table? How fake do you think that'll feel to you? <laughs> yeah. That sounds like a guy I'd vote for. <laughs> right? <laughs> well, sounds a lot like um, – never mind. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure this will come up in the uh, Random Max podcast with the uh, – oh. How you speak and uh, the politics of wrestling yeah. and how uh-huh. uh, how we are today. But uh, anyway, yeah, believe me, it'll be a great podcast. It'll be the best. <laughs> it'll be the best podcast we've ever done. Believe me, believe me it'll be the best. Uh, what do you guys think of the um, the 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 when he fought Necro Butcher? With the staple gun and the oh fork. My god. Oh, my God. Okay, so I got to explain this to you. So um, there's a subset of pro wrestling called, uh, I think it's death death wrestling, or it, it's something like that, where it's just that. It's like guys who wrestle in a barbed wire. Like, they take the ropes out, and they're replaced with barbed wire. And, like, these guys are just throwing themselves through table, hitting themselves with, like, bats that have, like, barbed wire wrapped around. And the guy that Mickey Rourke fights, he's a real guy in that world. His name's Necro Butcher. I was gonna. I wanted to ask you how many people that were shown in the film are actual wrestlers. So the ones that I know of, Necro Butcher, that guy with the with the in the hardcore match. Plus, I, I love the way they introduced the guy with glasses. First of yeah. all, and just like so. Um, <laughs> uh huh. Are you okay with staples? Yeah. The staple. What do you mean? <laughs> like a staple? Yeah. Like a staple gun. Uh huh. <laughs> and then cut to carnage. <laughs> yeah. So okay. He, so he, so we got he's him? a real wrestler. Um, when they go to the show, uh, it's the wrestling show that he goes to, and then he meets that chick in the bar, and they hook up. Remember, he's talking to like a really, really like dark skinned black guy. Yeah. His name is R Truth, and he's actually in the WWE right now. Oh. And then the guy who he fights at the end, the Ayatollah. 
He's a wrestler from the 80s and early 90s, Ernest the Cat Miller. Okay. Those are the three that I know of. Oh, and um, I was going to say in trivia, but but the guy who sold him the, 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 the drugs, the guy who sold him the roids, yeah. he was an amateur wrestler who got busted a year after this movie selling steroids in real life. <laughs> <laughs> That's hey, a bad call. working on film. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So those are the, those are the three real wrestlers. Anyway, that hardcore shit, like I don't like that. Like that's like too. That's that's insane. No, and he had, and he left the room, and I, I was I was bearing through it. Like what the? That's got to be bottom of the barrel. I mean, as far as if if you're doing that as a wrestler, you're uh-huh. not you're not doing well. You're 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 selling tickets and you're destroying yourself for uh-huh. minimal amounts of money. And from what it seems. This is, these aren't big paydays. He's living yeah. in a single wide uh, trailer that he got locked out of because <laughs> half his money goes to drugs. The other half, the other quarter goes to rent. Well, I'm sorry, the other quarter goes to drugs. He couldn't pay for the drugs outright. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I've seen this movie a few, a few times, and in that match, the one thing that still makes my skin crawl is the fork. The fork to the the fork to the to good the, god to the forehead. That one creeps. Uh, I, but it, it's a weird thing. I don't imagine there's a lot of crossover from a wrestler that does regular wrestling, if that's uh-huh. even a thing, uh, <laughs> and then going to this kind of match. Mm-hmm. Is that just I need a payday? And yeah, they, that's pretty much what it is. That's because that's gruesome. I mean, I know. God, come on, man! Don't you remember Running Man? <laughs> Well, Adam, did did you did you finish the the Dark Side of the Ring? I, I did not. Did you ever get to the episode with um, what's his name? Uh, uh, oh my god! The last one I saw was a Hawaiian dude, I think. Oh, with the Von Erics, or, he, he or Samoan, or something like that. Okay, um, hold on. This is horrible. For, Cause, cause oh, the, oh, New Jack. Did you ever did you ever see the episode with New Jack, that black guy? Who, who he fought in these kind of matches. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah. And his face still had a scar on it. Yeah, so, so he bladed himself so much that yes. his forehead was all jacked up. Oh, my God. Yeah, so so New Jack, who you saw, is like Necro Butcher. Like, they, like he just, he went to the bottom of the barrel and he's just like competing in matches where there's like forks and blades and, and, and trash cans. And God, I, 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 uh, that's got to be like a death wish thing that you have. It's, yeah. or maybe you're a sadist and you, you just enjoy pain. I don't. Uh-huh. I can't imagine. I'm. I'm <laughs> I don't have that high uh, tolerance for pain, as it turns out. When 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 I get sick, I'm more like, oh, please bring me some soup. <laughs> it's. <laughs> I can't imagine putting your body through that much. Yeah. Maestro, you, you do. A lot of martial arts and stuff. How much of do you feel pain in any of these situations? What do you mean when in any situations? Are you talking about in, like in, the actual like matches and stuff like that? In in training in matches, how much pain is involved in in the stuff that you do? Uh, are you talking about like muscle soreness and such? Are you talking about actual like blows of the body? Uh, related to yeah, someone a hits you, staple to the forehead. <laughs> 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 that kind of pain. Do you, do you have? Do you ever come home bloody and bruised? Or not bruised, just bloody. I used to. Yeah? Yeah, I used to. What, what was 
driving you forward? Well, you remember when I used to wear those like long sleeve shirts and then the t-shirts on top of it? Yes. Yeah. I, I always thought they were the thermals because you were trying to keep warm. Sure. That's what we were doing. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure. I want to ask mm. you something. Since you come from the, since you come from the world of, of combat, mm-hmm. when you see guys in the wrestling ring where things are scripted and, you know, that like they're pretending to hit each other. Like what, what are your, what's your take on like pro wrestling since you are in a world where guys are actively like striking you in the face, striking you in the body. What, what do you think when you see guys who are in the ring, like wrestling, because even though it is scripted, you know, they can still get hurt if they yeah. land the wrong way or, you know, if a kick doesn't land right. Yeah. What, what's your take on, on pro wrestling since you come from the world of combat? My take on it is this. Majority of the people that do the training for wrestling mm-hmm. go through an extensive amount of control mm-hmm. because it's not about well, like of course that's what everyone wants it to be for is the the control so you can make it look believable. Uh-huh. But in the all and everything else is all about their own safety and their survival because one one small screw up and someone's lost missed missing teeth someone's knocked out something like that and the techniques that they use to show a blow to the head or a kick to the back or something like that the training involved with that is extensive it's not it's like training to protect yourself from not fighting but to look like you're fighting it's basically a, it's a it's a really really uh, extensive dance Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's very, very technical. I feel like if it isn't scripted, it becomes very dangerous really fast. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also feel like the major thing about it is, is this. They don't put their emotions into their fight, into their match. Because if they do, someone does get hurt. It's almost without a doubt. Because like, um, let's say someone misses their mark, you know? Someone ends up like uh, throwing a cross and it, it connects. And it doesn't connect in just the way it's like, oh, I kind of got it. No, it hits him like in the face. If that person doesn't hold on to his emotions and can get, get a hold of himself, that thing can turn ugly and dirty quick. Yep. So I feel like the, um, this, the wrestling is almost completely mental. Versus the amount of training they go through for the the acting, the the moves, the technicalities of everything, a lot of it's mental, mm-hmm. and, we, and that precise that, that pertains a lot to martial arts, okay. because you have to train to the point where your body doesn't control you; your mind does. That's something that struck very true to me during the uh, Ayatollah fight at, at the very end, uh, where they were in the ring. And they were fighting, and it almost seemed for a second like the Ayatollah was just like, oh, the good days are back. And yeah, it, like, I forgot how fun this was. Yes, where I thought, oh, no, he's going to go too hard. He's going to go too hard. But uh-huh. even like the next sentence was, hey, take it easy. Are you cool? I cannot imagine the control, the, the, yeah. the mind power that you need to have that. Because if, if I'm in a situation where I'm being hit, my first reaction is, not the face Hulk of smash! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm gonna go crazy. I, I can't. I, I don't think I have the control that that these people do. That 
And it's something I'm also curious with with, with Maestro, when when oh. you when you're training somebody and you're, you're just sparring, it, as if you're sparring with somebody that's much lower level than you, how much, uh, how hard? I don't know. I just I can't imagine doing a half punch because I'm not a fighter. I don't know if you could tell by the way that I am and my personality. What are you talking about? <laughs> what are those six pack dabs that you're doing there, right there, buddy? Huh? Yeah, no, that's a six pack of uh, IPAs. It's not. Oh, that's not my abs. Uh, get, that, get that out of your shirt, then, man. It feels nice. It's cold. <laughs> but as far as in, in a fighting situation, I I can't I can't imagine myself holding back because for me it's going to be life or death because I'm not trained. But mm-hmm. I imagine with certain training, you can train yourself to not. Punch train? is hard, <laughs> <laughs> but then also while you're doing this, thinking about the other person, and I just got hit in the face really hard. It wasn't wasn't personal. Uh, they weren't trying to hurt me, so don't hit them back. Mm-hmm. That's that's a hard concept for me to understand. If I get hit in the face, I'm coming at you. Mm-hmm. But these guys are trained, obviously. They're obviously very trained. And as much as I like to think that I am very good at improv, in that moment, <laughs> when physicality is involved, improv is out and survival is in. So you're telling me all I have to do to get you to start working out is just basically smack you around a couple times? <laughs> no, because that will end up with me trying to fight you and then on the pavement, bleeding everywhere. Although, I guess if I lose enough blood, I'm losing weight, so that could be working. <laughs> uh, re- rewatching this movie, I didn't realize like how fucking depressing this movie was. Oh. Yes. There's, there's two scenes. There's two scenes, like, outside of the daughter stuff, which is its own thing. I'm, I'm sure we can talk about that, but oh, yeah. the, the one scene that I watched where, as I was watching it, I'm like, holy fuck. Was when he went to the the, the convention, quote unquote, with yes. the other old and they're all hawking their old gear, and the guy has the the, the piss bag on his ankle. Yeah, I was curious, uh, and I don't know if you have this in trivia or not as well, but are any of those people on those tables ex wrestlers? Uh, I don't think so. I didn't find it in my okay. Because I was thinking that, but then also, if you are an ex wrestler, do you want to be in that role? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like if you, if you were a wrestler at any point, pride is a big thing. You're not going to yeah. put yourself in this situation where, oh, look at how shitty life is for me. Because even in the documentaries, in the Jake the Snake, he's still like, I can still fight. <laughs> like, yeah, no, yeah. bro, you can't. It's over. <laughs> well, the equivalent of that, Adam, is when you go to the like the combo conventions and you see the guys who are trying to sell autographs for 20 bucks. Like, I was the fourth lead in that. In three episodes of Power Rangers, it's it's like that same type of guy. Like, hey, remember me? Right. Yeah. Fox, like, oh, fucking depressing. It's still. It was. It was sad for me. Last last Comic Con I went to, I think Lou Ferrigno was there selling autographs for <laughs> crazy amounts of money. Uh huh. Like, I'm like, all right. I understand you were the Hulk. It was a big. It was a big deal at the time. <laughs> There's been 17 Hulks since you. <laughs> It's just it's it's it is sad. I mean, I appreciate what he did to the the world of comics and everything. No negative disparaging, but also it's a money grab, and it's apparent yep. it's a money grab. Yep. And it's it's it is kind of sad. Mm-hmm. 
that the icons can become this. And that's what this movie that's why this movie to me is super important. Yes. Because you cannot just rest on your laurels. Uh you you cannot expect your entire life to be one thing. You need to uh <laughs> Dave Chappelle's <laughs> sketch. Diversify your funds. Oh, the Wu Tang <laughs> with the Wu Tang <laughs> Wu Tang investment <laughs> portfolio. Yeah, uh-huh. diversify. You, you need to have a backup plan. Uh-huh. The way the, the stripper did, she had mm-hmm. a backup plan. She was working towards something. He did not. Yep. But I also think that speaks a lot to the mentality of a true sportsman. I guess somebody that's like wrestling is their life. There's mm-hmm. something that's kind of commendable about the way that that Randy went out. But it's also super depressing. Yep. But I get it. When when he when he made that choice, I got it. I was I see where you're coming from. That's what you gotta do. Mm-hmm. But it's also very, very sad that yeah. it came to that. The the other scene that I watched was when you're like, Oh my god, was when he finally gave up on wrestling and he worked full time at the market and as he's walking to the deli, you're hearing Oh my God! Route. Yes, and he's waiting at the at the uh, what are those things the the the, the drapes or the yeah plastic thing see through they're meant to uh, it's meant to be a temperature control thing yeah and he walks through and the and the thing just disappears that was him yeah oh God wow it was it was it was crazy I, I enjoy that scene where his first day at the deli counter how he goes. What do you have? What, what do you have in handsome? And the guy, the guy's like, not look good looking at all. Yeah. And that woman's like, uh, can I get a, a chicken? Can I get two big breasts? He goes, that's what I want. Two big breasts. He he was great. He was because yeah. he's a people person. Uh-huh. Yeah, wrestlers, uh, much like myself. Not that I'm a wrestler at all. Uh-huh. I, I feed off everybody else's energy. Yeah. So it's it's kind of an energy I'm trying to create. For for me to be good in social situations, I need to feel energy to give back energy. And he so was so you're like a psychic vampire. Yeah, I'm a social vampire. Yes, I I, <laughs> I cannot be social unless you're a little bit social. Then I can, and then become more social. And he was getting into it. He, he's a crowd pleaser, so he was trying to please the yes. crowd. Uh, uh-huh. There was one guy that he had to go like uh, go along, and he, he was not having it. <laughs> that was kind That's of the same guy though. That what do you have? Good looking. Yeah. That's the same guy. <laughs> Yes, and then another one, uh, the old lady comes up. What's up, spring chicken? Let's go. What do you got? <laughs> he was great. Uh-huh. And he felt it. I think he felt the same. Not, maybe not, not the same, but he, he, it was comparable enough. That he, I could make this work. Yes. Until it became. Oh that, that guy. Oh, my God. That guy was so. Where do I know you from? Teamsters? Bowling? Softball? It's like, dude, fucking rela- just. The guy said no. Leave him alone. Yeah, that guy was no. Dick. I gotta know. I gotta know. Ninja uh, golf. Bladed himself on the <laughs> on the deli cutter. Jesus Christ! And it, that whole scene, it, it was slow. I think uh, this is what Annie was saying. It was slow, but for me, it was very important for the movie to show this is the behind the scenes life. Mm-hmm. The uh, the wrestler. At his age, at his status, mm-hmm. it's not glamorous. Yep. When, when you are the Steve Austin and the Rock, I'm sure you have loads of cash and loads of things, and and you have a lot of acclaim. When you get to a certain age, and you probably should have retired probably ten years ago at this point. 
Yeah. But he's holding on. And mm-hmm. the, seeing the struggle, I think, was very important for this movie. And it, yep. made, and it made it very impactful to see him go through these struggles. And, yes, walking down the stairs, everything, the whole – as he's approaching that curtain and you hear the crowd very slowly leak in, it's just like, oh, he's feeling this is, this is my exit. And then, boom, um, this – This is my life now. Yeah. Uh-huh. God. So the, uh, the, the scenes with his daughter – Oh man, those are uh, those are brutal. Yeah, that was it's a roller coaster nice ride. She, it's nice that she forgives him, but then he just he fucks up at the end. Yeah, Adam, you have a daughter. I do. These scenes, what, what was going through your mind? It 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 broke my heart. Yeah, over and over again, and then because I saw the man that he could be. And that's because uh-huh. the whole time I'm seeing this through the eyes of my daughter because that's, that's how I see everything. I'm trying yeah. to see how I can be good for her. And at the beginning, he started off strong. He, he came – honest. I mean he's a fuck-up for sure. <laughs> he comes. He tries to apologize. No dice. Again, I got you a gift. Up, oh, fake gift. Psych. Uh, here's some humor. Remember, I'm, I'm a funny guy still. All right. Let's go for a walk. Favorite place. They go, they have a, a nice time, a very nice time walking on that abandoned pier. And then <laughs> into the abandoned thing, they do some dancing. And my heart was full. I'm like, yes, daughter forgives. I mean, I, I, ha- I haven't fucked up with my daughter as much as this guy fucked up for sure. <laughs> At this point, my daughter still thinks I'm a hero, which wow. I hope stays forever. But if I ever make mistakes, I hope she could forgive me the way that she did. And it was nice. I I, I I kept sensing happy ending. Mm-hmm. At least you got the daughter. If you don't get the girl, fine. At least you got the daughter. And then the succubus uh, <laughs> comes in, messes up his brain, uh-huh. which also I can relate to. When when if I, if I'm heartbroken, it messes with me in a lot of different ways. I I don't imagine it ever taking effect on my daughter. But if it does, ah. Uh, anyway, he messes up, and then he has to go back to the daughter and say, "I'm sorry for what I did," and she's fed up with it. That killed me. That scene where she goes, "I don't love you. I don't hate you. You're nothing to me." Dude, she can act. Yes, she's so good, Ooh. Dolores. Uh, Evan Rachel Woods. Yeah, Evan Rachel Wood. That was crazy powerful. Uh huh. And it was at that time that I, because I, I, I like the underdog. I was rooting for him the entire time, and uh-huh. then he, he fucked that up, and I was, nope. You can't come back from that. You deserve. You deserve that. And but that still broke my heart. Yeah. Ugh. The, the so um, he uh, Darren Aronofsky he ended the movie like ambiguously where he he's on the top rope and he jumps off and the screen goes black and they play that Bruce Springsteen song yeah do you think he di- do you think he dies at the end yes yeah I think yeah he, he confirmed it the director yeah I, I don't think it was ambiguous at all when it ended and he was like wait 
because it was like black for a good like 30 seconds or something. Uh-huh. And she was, is that the end? Yeah, it is. She's like, what? <laughs> she, she was very upset by it. To me, it was, it was, it was nice. It was satisfying. Not satisfying. It, it, it wrapped up the story. Yeah. He decided his life was over. And this is how I want to go out with, yeah. my, with my fans. Yeah. Did it take you back to the last uh, Sopranos? The, the <laughs> Not as much. That was less satisfying. Uh, that, <laughs> that was just like a, wait, what happens next? In this one, mm-hmm. it was, I know what happens next. Okay. I got it. Although I, I do wonder if Marissa Tomei had stuck around, uh-huh. would it have gone that way? Yeah, that's true. Because remember, he looks like where she would be standing. And right. He has that look like, like that, like ugh. Yeah. She's not even here. Because she was supposed to be the last person, the only person that understands where he's coming uh-huh. from. I'm old. I can't do this anymore. Uh huh. And she's got the same thing at her stripper job. She she can't strip anymore. She's not getting the clientele that she used to get. And she clings to him. But at the crucial moment where he needed her, she backed out. Mm-hmm. Not to say it was her fault uh, before anybody gets triggered. It's not. <laughs> she didn't kill him. He's obviously fucked up in the head. Believe me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. By the way, he's a bad kisser. <laughs> in in the bar scene when they were oh, making yeah. out, that was like, ugh. He looked awkward. Maybe he didn't have control of his face because of all the surgeries. Uh, <laughs> and also the dancing he was doing in that in the bar, it, yeah. it seemed very like, mm. <laughs> In fact, Annie, Annie's comment uh, was, why are big guys, they can't move? And I told her it's because they can't move their arms the same way we can because of all the muscles. He was just yeah. kind of doing this same motion over and over again. It was very uncomfortable. Yeah, they're big and bulky. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you remember I said that he's like a mixture of Hulk Hogan and Jake the Snake? Yeah. So the Jake the Snake stuff is like the daughter and the, the, the drug use and the alcoholism. The reason why I said he's a mix of Hulk Hogan is because when uh, Vince McMahon – uh, his dad owned the WWWF, and when his dad was old, the uh, he was Vince Senior, and Vince McMahon now he's technically Vince Junior. Right. So Vince McMahon bought the company from his dad. He dropped one letter and he called it the WWF, and his goal was to make the WWF like a mainstream because uh, all the companies were territories. Okay. He wanted to make it like where prime time, right? So he went to Minnesota and he recruited Hulk Hogan and he said, I want you to be my guy in New York because I think you could be like a legitimate superstar. So he flew him to New York. He beat. So the champion at the time was the Iron Sheik, who was like an Iranian bad guy. You see which, the Ayatollah? which is the Ayatollah basically, right? Yeah. yeah okay, okay. So, so he beats. So he beats the Iron Sheik and then he becomes like the, the heavyweight champion and then Hulkamania starts because of that. So. Because he's fighting an Iranian bad guy, that's the whole Kogan uh, part uh, of okay. it. Okay, got it. <laughs> and wrestling is like super, like, they've always gone in the past of like whoever the bad guy in America is. They always make like, like fucked up, like bad guy characters to, to, to bring heat to the crowd. So, like, in the 80s during the Cold War, the bad guys were Russians, and uh, that, right. the, uh, the Iron Sheik was an Iranian bad guy. Uh, in the right after 9 11, there was a there was a Middle Eastern like terrorist guy. Oh my god! 
but, <laughs> but hold on. When when Vince McMahon was coming up with all this stuff, uh, the WWF wasn't a publicly traded company. Okay. So now they're publicly traded. They have investors. So he can't come up with all these crazy extreme. So Vince is like a hardcore Republican. So if he didn't what? have his if he didn't have his like investors, he would definitely have like an Antifa bad guy character. <laughs> you know, he would have like characters like that. So like he he's holding back a lot. Like he like he's really holding back on stories he could do. Like he could do like an ice an ice storyline where like there's an ice agent who kidnaps like the Hispanic wrestlers. Like oh wow, but, but like yeah. wrestler wrestling is always had a history of like racism and like xenophobia where yeah. like, look, they're, they're the foreigner. They're the bad guy. Boo them. Right. Cause being a villain is so easy. You just have to get heat from the, it's harder to be a good guy than, than a bad guy. That, that was even in, in glow when they came out, the, the uh, uh, Alison Brie was a Russian, uh, whatever. Yeah. yeah. It's, but it does draw ratings, and, and that's what it all comes down to. Wrestling is all about ratings, and whatever's going to draw the crowds in, draw the viewers in, yep. all about it. And I have a respect for that in, in, mm-hmm. in a way of just viewership. You yeah. draw a crowd in to get what you need, mm-hmm. to, get, well, to get their money. Yeah. Yeah, it, but it, it is a hard line to toe. I, I can't imagine... In, especially in this climate right now, it's got to be super yeah. hard to figure out what can I do, what can I not do. Yeah, so everybody's that's triggered the thing. constantly. That's the thing. He's afraid of getting like canceled, right? Yes, the cancel now culture. his company's a publicly traded company. He has shareholders. Uh, he has a lot of money tied with Fox and with um, USA because USA airs Monday Night Raw, Fox airs SmackDown, so he has big TV deals with them. But yeah, dude, I was texting my friend and I'm like, dude, if Vince had full con- well, he still has full control of his company, but like if he could just write any storyline, like what do you think he would like come up with? And we were saying there'd be a, like Vince McMahon would be accused of sexual assault. Oh yeah, for sure. So like they would do like a Me Too storyline and Yes, because <laughs> he'd be the Harvey Weinstein of wrestling. <laughs> yeah. But like he doesn't do that anymore. He he holds back a lot. Yeah, well, it's it's a tough climate. You can't because it's meant for entertainment, uh-huh. but entertainment is not safe anymore. I know you have to toe the line, so you can't do all these things. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about the the last battle between the, uh, yeah, with the Ayatollah. Ayatollah. <laughs> so they're supposed to be the same age, right? This is supposed to be a rematch from back in the day. Yeah, they so they fought twenty years prior. So this is the Hogan Iron Sheik equivalent of what I was saying earlier. Right. So in the first match, uh, Randy lost. Is that right? I don't know. I I, I feel like if this is doing the Hogan storyline, he he won. Okay. Because because they said rematch, you need a rematch. Yeah. So do you need a rematch if you won, or he? Well, usually. Um, in wrestling, in the history of wrestling, whenever the, the good guy fights like a foreign bad guy, usually, almost always, the, the good guy wins. Like, you never let the Russian bad guy beat you okay. in, in wrestling. So, most likely, Randy won. Okay. Uh, no, this is another uh, wrestling question, but also movie related. We'll save uh-huh. the super wrestling questions for the Random Max later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But in this movie, the speech that Randy gives. 
uh-huh. at the beginning at the, at the, of the last fight. It seemed kind of like a downer. Yeah, it was. It was very. It didn't inspire things. It was like, yeah, I'm a loser, but I'm I'm gonna keep fighting because I'm- of you. <laughs> 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 that that did not inspire. Like, that's cheer for you. It's kind of. It, to me, it was depressing. Maybe the the way the movie is framed, it was supposed yeah. to be depressing. But I, I feel like it was meant to be inspiring. Mm-hmm. But it it came across very depressing for me. Yeah, I agree. So the whole okay, I my belief is as soon as his daughter said "fuck you," and as soon as the girlfriend said "fuck you," he yeah. decided. <laughs> I'm out. Yeah. I'm going to die. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to die on my terms. And this is the way I'm going to die. Yep. Pretty is much. Yeah. Same because he, cause he, he walks the line between Robin Remzinski and Randy, the Ram Robinson. So the only thing keeping him in the world of Robin Remzinski is Marissa Tomei and Rachel Evan Wood. They're right. both out of his life. I don't have anything. All I have is Randy the Ram, so I'm going to go into that world. Yeah. And and that's where I kind of have this weird... Uh, I don't want to call it attraction, but I, I understand. I get it. Uh-huh. The way his mind was thinking at that time, this this is my happiness. This This is where I felt the most fulfilled. I want to go back into that world. Mm-hmm. My daughter hates me. With cause, by the way. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Girlfriend hates me. Not with cause. Uh, that's She's got her own hang-ups. Fine. Uh-huh. But when you put those together, I can see the... This is what I got. I have nothing in my life except for this. And this brings me some happiness. Uh, minus uh, catheter bag guy and wheelchair guy. <laughs> all of these things I'm going out and I'm going out in the way that I was the happiest and so it, it was it, to me this movie was very sad it was a very sad movie but it was powerful I I liked the message it was sending it was mm-hmm. a bad message but <laughs> it was it was powerful you got to see a side of life that I'm not used to uh, certain and it, it, honestly, it makes me reflect on my passions. I don't, I'm not as passionate about the things that I thought I was passionate about as this guy was, where he's yeah. willing to die for his passion. I love podcasting. I'm not going to die for it. <laughs> I'm not, I, I, I will not podcast if my doctor says, if you podcast one more episode, you will die. Yeah. Like, All right. Let me shut this mic off real quick. <laughs> I'm out. Major, do you have, do you have a passion as strong as that that you would literally die for? Mm. Besides saving uh, strange kittens. Mm. You know, I probably do, but I just don't think I can come up with an answer right now. The the only thing I think I would die for willingly is family. Mm-hmm. Not a hobby, not a not a job. <laughs> yeah. well, that's I, the last 
these guys have, dude. Like, this is all they have. Like, if you look at the the, the lives of the pro wrestlers from uh, when we were kids, it's it's all they have. Like, kids who hate them because they're on the road like three hundred thirty days of the year. They all did drugs. They all drank. Yeah, they had fireman parties. Yeah. 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 Oh, I want to get back to that in a second, but go ahead, Mishra. I guess for me is like I haven't um, uh, put myself into the thought process of saying that I would die for it, but I know quite a few things I would fight for. Oh, okay. Because by saying that I would die for it, kind of means that in some senses, like I know I'm not going to be able to finish it. Oh, interesting. Okay. So if you're ready to fight is different than waiting, uh, ready to die is what you're saying. Kind of. I mean, like what you're trying to say is, um, if I say I'm willing to die for something, it means I've already allocated the fact that I'm not, I might not win. And I don't want to put my mindset into that point. I want to say is like, if I'm going to fight for something, I'm better what try and win regardless. You know what I'm saying? Okay. I guess that is uh, different. But in, in the case of uh, Mickey Rourke or Randy Robin, uh, he was ready to die. He was. He's, yeah. He was done. Yeah, he was. He, he had given. I, I. It's hard. It's bad as it sounds. He'd given up. He's. He's ready to like throw in the towel. For physically and mentally. Oh, anyways. So yeah. he was just ready to say, "That's it for me. I'm done. I'm. This is all I got left, and I'm gonna go out on my terms." So I get that, but I don't know. I, I would. I don't think I would even gone that down that road unless I've exhausted everything else first. Well, it seems know? like he has. Exactly. I mean, like he, I feel like he thinks he has, but I feel like there's other options still. But he, he's a slave to the crowd. I think that's the overall message. I think that we get from this movie is he, he was a slave to. Oh, would it be? I don't think it was the acclaim. No, I think it was. I think it was the being in the, the recogn- or the recognition of it, of himself. What? I, I was saying he's addicted to being in the spotlight. Yeah. Yeah. Like for me, I don't think that the spotlight has any any hold or sway over my my decisions either. I'd rather be in the shadows. You know. Okay, I and maybe that's this, where I get the most work done. <laughs> uh, no follow-up questions. Uh, moving on, because <laughs> I, I, I host trivia sometimes here and there, and there are nights where I will have a packed house and I come home and I am on fire. I'm just I'm I'm excited. I am full of life, and then there's times where there's two teams playing trivia and I get home and I, I'm not depressed, but I feel down. I feed off energy. Uh So if I go and perform and I don't have the energy back at me, it is disheartening. It's Ah. it's never to the point where I want to end my life, (laughs) but I, I get where he's coming from as far as, the energy feeds me. The people that I'm here to perform for, they love me. They appreciate me. I, there's something coming back at me that I get and I need to survive. 
if if my life was in shambles, that would be my lifeline. But I have a pretty good life. I I enjoy I enjoy my daughter. I enjoy my girlfriend. I'm good. So I come home and hey, trivia sucked. Oh, and then I have comfort. And then ten minutes later, it's off. It's gone. If I had nothing, I, I still yeah. wouldn't kill myself. <laughs> to be to be honest, but yeah. yeah, I mean, like the only reason why he killed himself in this fight is because his heart was given out of him. Mm-hmm. I right. mean, otherwise he was just kept on going. Uh. Yeah, dun, dun, dun. it's a real depressing movie. Very, <laughs> very, very. You, you, you're when it's over, you're like Jesus Christ. Uh huh. I cried so many times throughout the entire movie. <laughs> Especially at the end, I was like, "Oh my god!" Uh-huh. You, I told him trying to save you. Hey, come on, bro, come please. You know, I knew yeah, it was going to end. Ram, pin me, ram. Yeah. Uh. So, so uh, like, you want to wrap it up? Yeah. With, like thoughts on the movie? Uh, final thoughts, I mission. I, I thought the three oh. main actors were all good. This is a perfect example of. Lead actress and supporting actress. Oh, oh! Krista May is the lead. Yes, and Evan Rachel Wood is the supporting. So you can use this as like a framework for like, hmm, supporting. Who's the support? Oh, it's like Dolores in right. Mary. So who's the supporting male actor? I don't think there is one. Okay, all right. Because there's no other recurring character. Um, it's just mainly those three. Okay, all right, very good. Yeah, but overall, great performances. Mickey Rourke crushed it. Yeah, as, as someone who knows like the, the the backstage, the inside of the wrestling world, a lot of this stuff is like really accurate. Even for like a non wrestling fan, I'm sure they would have enjoyed the movie. Yeah, I I did enjoy it back in the day. Uh-huh. As a non wrestling fan, uh-huh. yeah, watching it now, I enjoyed it. So much more, mm-hmm. but it doesn't mean. Yeah, I still enjoyed it the first time. Yeah, and I remember thinking this is a great movie, and not just because Marissa Tomei. Yeah, although that was a nice uh, cherry on top of the uh, ice cream <laughs> or whatever. So what's actually funny? Um, this is the first time she was ever nude in film. She did another movie in the nineties called uh, Slums of Beverly Hills. And there's a scene where she where she takes a shower, but you never see her head. You just see the body. She had like a, a, a naked body double. A, st- uh, yeah. a stunt body. Yeah. yeah, a stunt body. So when, when she played the stripper in this movie, that's, that's her. Like, that's actually her. At 54 years old. <laughs> oh, my God. I don't know how Adam. I don't. I don't understand it. I need to find out what what her, uh, her regimen is, her diet. And she's Aunt May, right? Yes, the, she's Aunt May. <laughs> I screamed that at one time we were watching it. That's Aunt May, and it, it didn't go over well. <laughs> what, 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 what was Aunt May like for us as kids? She was an old lady, super old. She was like a, she was like a brittle old lady. Like, oh, Peter, I baked you a pie. 
And I think uh, even uh, Tony Stark makes reference to that. What? <laughs> I forget the line because I've watched all the Marvel movies recently, but it was, wow. it was a line of like, you're really young to be an ant. Something like that. Yeah. I do enjoy those. Yeah. Those new Spider-Man movies are enjoyable. As much as I don't like superhero movies, those, the, the, the two uh, with the, the new kid, those are, those are enjoyable. Yeah, they're fun. They're fun. Oh, I, I don't know if I told you this. You know what I, movie I saw that I really liked was uh, I saw it on Netflix first, the Into the Spider Verse. That movie's incredible. That's amazing. I know. Nicolas Cage is is uh, is the the, the noir Spider Man. Yes, uh-huh. and uh, Jake Jake Johnson uh, from New Girl. Uh, yeah, he's the he's the Peter Parker. It's it's perfect. It, it's it's a perfect. Spider-Man movie. I think it's the best Spider-Man movie I've ever seen. Yep. And then the animation is great. Yes. Uh, I love the movie so much that I bought it on Blu-ray. Oh. Rami liked it watching with me on Netflix. You know how movies on Netflix go. Like, they'll disappear out of nowhere. Right. Because Rami loved it so much. Because it's very... The the last scenes... Remember the last scene um, where all the dimensions start, like, colliding on one another? Yes. You love the colors of it. So I bought it on Blu-ray, so they give you the code now. So now when you buy a new Blu-ray, they give you a code so you can stream it anywhere, anytime you want. Oh. So now whenever Rami's bored, I just put Spider-Man on for him. But yeah, I love the movie that it's much. I went nice. and bought it. It's, it's the best. It's the best. Yeah. Uh, out of all the Spider-Mans, uh, it's the best. <laughs> yes, definitely. Uh, Mayshore, what was your closing thoughts on The Wrestler before we move on? Um, movie was depressing, uh, <laughs> showed me exactly what it was and what I was expecting, mm-hmm. um, in vivid detail. And I don't come out of this with a newfound respect, probably because I already had this to begin with. It just poked a finger at everything I was already thinking about already. So I was just kind of like cementing my thoughts on how I felt wrestling was to begin with. Okay. All right. Okay. Well, that was uh, our opinion of the movie. But like I said, at the top of the show, we have lots of them, but zero credentials. Now we're going to hear from people who actually have credentials, the critics. We'll start with the good reviews. Okay. Uh, Kyle Smith of the New York post says the wrestler offers something to pretty much everyone in the audience, much like the Sopranos. It creates a world that might make you feel utterly at home or exhilarated by strange horrors. Maybe both. And, ha- and have a black, black, uh, a blackout at the end. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Roger Eber of Chicago Sun-Times says, Mickey Rourke plays the battered, broke, lonely hero Randy the Ram Robinson. This is the performance of his lifetime. Will win him a nomination and even maybe win him the Oscar. So he was nominated for an Oscar, but he lost. Uh, do you know who he, he lost, lost to? to? He lost to Sean Penn and Milk. Ugh. <laughs> I know, I was mad too. And finally, uh, Todd McCarthy of Variety says, Rourke clears a galvanizing, humorous, deeply moving portrait that instantly takes its place among the great iconic screen performances. Wow. By the way, guys, he actually he actually went to wrestling school for like three, four months. Nice. They taught him how to run the ropes. They taught him how to, how to take bumps, how to do everything. That's awesome. Uh, bad reviews. There's 52 reviews on Rotten Tomatoes. All of them are good. Oh. 
So am I playing my, am I showing my hand here? So, so no bad, yeah. is that what you're saying? No bad reviews? There's no bad from the top critics. Okay. All right. Ooh. Now it's time for the Rotten Tomatoes game. This is the part of the show where I make the guys guess the score of the movie based on its Rotten Tomatoes score. For those of you sco- unfamiliar with the scoring system, it's an average score from 0 to 100 amongst critics and the audience. 0 to 59 is rotten, 60 to 84 is fresh, and 85 and up is certified fresh. What would you like to guess first, the critics or the audience? Uh, let's go with the critics because that's the only thing we have to go by. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. No bad reviews. From top critics. There's still reviews from, like, blogs and other uh, – Right. Okay. Yeah. Uh I, I want to rate this. Damn it! My personal preference is in the nineties, but uh-huh. I'm going to take skeptical people uh-huh. and factor them in. I'm going to go seventy-five. Okay, Maestro. I want to run with an unusual number, eighty-three. I think this is the highest rated movie you've ever done. God, ninety-eight percent. Damn it! Ninety-eight. I said nineties. I should have gone with the 90s. I know. Uh, uh, and now the audience? This is the hard one because it's a self-selecting crowd. Mm-hmm. People that are going to watch this, they like wrestling. Uh, I'll go with 93. I'm going to go 85. It's 88%. God, wait. Damn it. <laughs> Yeah, you lost that. I did. Son of a uh, bitch. But yeah, this is like one of the highest rated movies we've ever done. Yeah. It's, wow. Uh, Paul Giamatti and Gary Oldman weren't in this. <laughs> we love them. We decided to ask, what role would Giamatti and Gary Oldman have had in the movie? I think Giamatti would be the, the, the market manager, the supermarket manager, maybe. Like oh. Sneezer, <laughs> little, okay. like, oh, what happened? Did they run out of uh, tights? And he was teasing him for, for being a wrestler. <laughs> see, I see. Okay, my show. You see, if we were going to go based upon the three reoccurring actors, that means that there was one guy and two girls, which means the only options we would have if we didn't want to take Rourke out would be Melissa Tomei and <laughs> No. How dare you? How dare you? Giamatti as. <laughs> uh, see, because yeah, there's only three actors, really. Right. Uh, they're all going to be minor roles, obviously. Yeah. So I, I think uh, Gary Oldman should have been. Uh, what you were saying, the, the the manager guy. Okay. Paul Giamatti should have been any one of the referees. <laughs> Eddie, be good. Eddie referee, mostly I think in the last match with the Ayatollah, that uh-huh. should have been that should have been Paul Giamatti. Okay, <laughs> that's good making him the ref. Yeah, mm-hmm. perfect because he'd be like, ha, because he's, he's also in on it, but also yeah. just flailing around. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh huh. Now it's time for trivia. This is part of the show where I give out little bits of facts or info you may not know about the movie. The first scene of Randy working the deli counter was improvised. When real customers kept walking up to the counter during filming, Darren Aronofsky told Mickey Rourke to take their orders while the camera would keep rolling. Also improvised were all of the backstage locker room scenes. That's amazing. I love that. That's pretty cool. 
Uh, it is believed that director Darren Aronofsky lent a copy of the professional wrestling documentary Beyond the Mat to Robert Siegel as a source for inspiration for writing the film's script. Nice. So that's where the Jake the Snake daughter storyline comes in. Beautiful. Uh, when Cassidy leaves the strip club, another dancer calls out that she's left her shoes. Leaving your boots in the ring is a traditional way for a wrestler to end their career. Wow. Oh, my God. I just got chills. <laughs> Holy Christ. Because I, I, I remember that scene and remember thinking that uh-huh. means she's officially out. Yeah, she's done. Yeah. Uh-huh. Wow. Mm-hmm. And uh, finally, Darren Aronofsky revealed that Mickey Rourke was his first choice to play Randy the Ram Robinson – but the studio wanted Nick Cage to play the role. <laughs> Get Aronofsky, Aronofsky fought to have Rourke as the Ram and ultimately won out. Can you imagine Nick Cage as the Ram? No, no. This would be a comedy. I, I, I just don't want you to hate me. Imagine Nick Cage trying to act to, to the daughter. No, no. <laughs> no, no. Come no. on. You want to his face. <laughs> By the way, uh, Annie saw The Rock for the first time this week. Uh-huh. Enjoyed it. I couldn't help but saying, you, you're the Rocket Man. <laughs> <laughs> In sync, as it was happening, it was, it was fun. Good time. Uh, is she watching Westworld with you? Yeah. What does she think of Ed Harris as the, uh, as the, bad, as the general? That was, it was, it was perfect. Because uh-huh. when he came on, she said, is that the man in black? Yeah, that's the man of black. <laughs> He's so good. At everything yeah, Captain. Simple order, major. <laughs> Not so simple. <laughs> By the way, check out The Rock in the archives for okay. spoilers. We've done all three of the Nick Cage, the, the big three. We did Con Air, Face Off, and The Rock. <laughs> yes, right. we I'm glad did. you saw The Rock. So uh, we're watching also Psych in our pandemic stage. Uh-huh. Yeah. And there's a thing that uh, Sean does constantly where he's telling his friend Gus, don't be blank. One of the things he says is, Gus, don't, don't be Nick Cage's accent in Con Air. <laughs> <laughs> in other words, don't be ridiculous. <laughs> so good. Uh, final final category. Money makes the world go round. We want to put this film into perspective with other films that were released this year, so we get a feel financially how well this film held up to its peers. The budget for this movie is, was six million dollars. Six million. This was an indie film, so they didn't have a lot of money to go to go with. Any guesses for its total worldwide gross? Now, this is also coming to context that this is, wasn't a film that was produced and brought to every cinema. This is only in select cinemas, right? Well, well, well here's the thing. Uh, my story that I told you, it came out in December on like a super small limited run. And then it opened in more theaters towards like the end of January, early February. But me and my friend wanted to watch it like as soon mm-hmm. as possible. So that story I told you in the beginning, it was during this limited run. But then it opened in more theaters and more people eventually saw it. <laughs> but we wanted to, like, really watch the movies. So. Okay. So you could have saved your date for that night. and <laughs> Yeah. Okay. I could have waited another two months, but I, I didn't want to. Okay. Okay. Understood. Uh-huh. 
So right. the budget was six million. Give me your guess for its total worldwide gross. Ooh. So eighteen is profitable. So. I will go first, Adam, since you went first last time. Oh, please. I'm going to go with thirty-eight million. Okay. I feel like this is a sleeper. This movie's a sleeper. This is one of those they went under the radar. I'm going to go twenty million. Okay. In the U.S., it grows $26.2 million. God Over damn it. Overseas, it grows $18.4 million, brings total gross to $44.7 million. Ah! I've lost every single time. This film debuted in 24th place on the weekend of December 18th, 2008, with $202,000. All right, so I was in the right realm. Well, here's a... But it grew... Yeah, yeah, it grew eventually. So my friend saw this when it was in the the small run. Number one that week was Yes Man, that Jim Carrey movie. It was Zoe Deschanel. Yes Man. Yes. Uh, Finally, that movie changed my life, by the way. Yes Man changed uh, my life. (laughs) Uh, The Wrestler was the 240th highest grossing film of 2008. Oh, my God. 2008? Yep. Number one that year was any guesses? It's a big movie. It's a Marvel. It's it's got to be a superhero movie. No, it's the other one. No, Harry Potter. No, it's the other company that's not Marvel. Star Wars. The, it's a DC. Blumhouse. DC. <laughs> Batman vs Superman. No. Batman. Dark Knight Rises. Smile on that face. Joker. Oh. The yeah. Dark Knight. The Dark Knight. Oh yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that was a very big year. Adam. Oh, he needs a little push. <laughs> <laughs> Where can you get Beyond the Mat and all these other wrestling uh, things? It's weird that you ask that because it's on Amazon from, mm-hmm. from what I've heard. Amazon is a great platform. And <laughs> if you want to buy anything on Amazon, uh-huh. before you go to Amazon, click on our link first. Go to our webpage, ratpagpodcast.com. There's a link there. For Amazon, it takes you our. It takes you to Amazon, and anything you buy, we get a kickback of, from that link. So it costs you nothing extra, but it helps support the show. Yep, that's 2008's The Wrestler, directed by Darren Aronofsky. Check out our website, RatPackPodcast.com/slash/spoilers. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Spoiler Show. Check out and subscribe to the YouTube channel, Rat Pack Productions. Write to us via email at spoilers at ratpackpodcast.com for any questions, opinions, and movie requests. Please rate and review the show on iTunes or the Apple app. A- the- Apple Podcast, I think is what it's called now. Yeah, so it can help us in the rankings. If you leave us a review on that and leave us a recommendation for a movie you want us to watch, that movie go to the top of our list and we'll watch it before any other requests. Now, this is a weird recording. We don't, we don't know what's happening next week because this may get released later than when this is recording physically recording right now so i don't have a next week i'll tell you what's next think of it this way before you say that adam think of it as a holiday special okay next week is cobra okay well wait wait cobra or like cobra well that's cobra commander yeah (laughs) No, we're doing Cobra. Stallone Cobra. Yes, Stallone. Back in the mix. Was that? He cut the, 
he cuts a uh, piece of pizza with scissors. I've never nice. seen it, to be honest. So this should be interesting for me. I've heard a lot about this movie, uh-huh. but Cobra's coming up, and uh, I'm excited because I feel like it's going to be perfect for spoilers. Yes, it will. Okay. <laughs> it's, he's, he's a cop in L.A., and he's fighting, I think they're like a death cult or something, from what I nice. remember. I've seen in a long time. Nothing great. like a good cult to beat down. Sounds great. Yeah, so it's an LAPD cop versus a, a death cult. All right, before we go, uh, uh-huh. Stallone is great for spoilers. What are you yes. talking about? Is there a movie he has done that would be above spoilers level? That Oh, that's actually a good one. Um, oh. Yeah, uh, it's still in the Rocky world. It'd be Creed. Oh, Okay. You ever see Creed? It's, I have not. It's, it's with Apollo. So it's Apollo Creed's son. It, he had like an illegitimate son and he wants to be a boxer. So he asks Rocky to train him. And then it's like Rocky coming to terms like with the end of his life. He doesn't die in the movie, but like he gets cancer and he fights cancer and he, and he overcomes it. But like he's alone in the world because Pauly and uh, Adrian are dead. So it's just him. Adrian. So it, he what? he actually was nominated for an Oscar for that role. What about the robot? Huh? Is the robot still alive? Oh no no no! no. The robot's not around anymore. Oh no! Because <laughs> this is like a serious movie. Oh okay. And this is uh, Jordan. Jordan Peele. Jordan, no, not Jordan Peele. Jordan, Michael, Michael B. Jordan. Michael B. Jordan. That's what it was. Uh, Michael B. Jordan is Adonis Creed. Okay. Adonis. Yeah. All right. That's, a lot of, that's another. That's another Greek name. Yeah, high, high expectations uh, when you have a name Adonis. Uh, but okay. But that's yeah. That's probably his most like. I don't know. Oh, uh, he's actually another really good movie, which is underrated. It's called Copland. It's him, De Niro, Ray Liotta, uh, the T One Thousand, and Eddie Keitel. And what? Yeah, he he's a, that's what I'm saying. Like not a lot of people remember this movie. It's um, he's the sheriff of this. So in New York's in Manhattan, the cops don't live in New York. They all live in the suburbs of Jersey, and they're all corrupt. They're all like dirty cops. And he's the sheriff of the town that they live in, and he kind of gets involved in in like uh, like the the scandal that's happening in that town. All right. It's it's a really good movie. He's really good in it. I've heard of it. I haven't watched it. Yeah, it's called Cop Copland. All right, I'm in. Yeah, so that's another like serious role. But yeah, for the most part, his career is just like, hey yo, you talking to me? Yeah. Did he do like a, a Carter movie? Oh, get, get Carter. Get Carter. <laughs> yeah, that, that's fine. All right. <laughs> Or how about stop or my mom will shoot? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So this is uh, part one. So this is the us covering the wrestler. There's going to be a part two on random acts. Yes. Where it's just whatever Adam wants to know. What's like? What are the craziest storylines? What's Vince? Oh, just to give you. So uh, on the WWE Network, they do you know who Rob Gronkowski is? He was the tight end for the New England Patriots. Yes. Yeah, he the Gronk. A, yeah, Gronk. <laughs> so he got tight a end. contract. And um, 
He's not in the WWE right now because he went back to football, but he showed up at this year's WrestleMania. What? And they, they did a uh, – it was called 24 or – it's like the 24 hours leading up to WrestleMania. And Vince McMahon's 74 years old, right? And they're, oh like, on a, they're like on a 10, 12-foot like, um, – like they're on top of something. And Vince McMahon is trying to tell Gronk how to take a bump, how to take a dive off of there to land on the padding. And Gronk's like, I don't get it. So Vince climbs up there and he goes, let me show you. And he just throws himself without even looking and he lands and he puts his hands like this. You got it? Wow. A 74-year-old billionaire who's the CEO of a multinational corporation just, fuck it. I'm going to show you how to do it. And he just threw himself off. He's he's an animal, dude. He, he's a psycho. He's going to he's gonna die in that office. He goes to work like every single day. Wow. All right. He's really a character. Like yes, he's a he's a character. He, he's made up, but also real life. Yes. Uh huh. All right. He's real made up. <laughs> All right. We're gonna get into this much more in the Random Max episode yeah. coming up so very soon. Will be a part two. Look out for that one. Oh, I'm very excited. Yes. All right. So check out Cobra for next week. I unfortunately won't be on that one. As you know, I have the daddy duties. It was it's, it's hard to to record. Right, you you have the uh, uh, you're too responsible mm-hmm. as as a parent to record with us, which yeah. I give props to. I appreciate that. Yeah, I love you for <laughs> it. Yeah. So uh, check out Cobra and uh, look out for me on the part two, of the oh, wrestling yes. on the Random Max. And uh, until next time, this is Hollywood. Mr. Wool. Oh, hey. Oh, uh, madam. <laughs> Who was that? I don't know. I was trying to do this alone. I, I fucked it up. Oh.